Hello, this is Impact Ed, and I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD. Uh, we are here as a part of our weekly podcast series to talk about relevant issues uh, around public education and other issues that either impact education or in education has an impact on it. And uh, I'm joined today by a, uh, an A-Leaf employee, a principal at, at one of our uh, campuses, uh, Mr. Tremaine Wycliffe, and he is here uh, and I really look forward to this conversation. And I think for those of you who are listening, I think you're going to be um, not only entertained, but I think you're going to be educated uh, about things that not only Aleaf and Tremaine does in his job and what we do for this segment of student population, but a lot of districts across the state of Texas and across the country. So, uh, Tremaine, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I, I don't know if you, your kids are out of Oh, right now, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, I want Tremaine just to talk a little bit about his his background uh, and and kind of how that has led to his what I what I don't consider I know to be a very successful uh, way of dealing with some of our most at risk students uh, in our school district. And so, Tremaine, uh, again, thank you. But talk a little bit about yourself, your history, and then we're going to kind of dive into how that led you to Crossroads. And then the things that you have done over the, the years that you've been principal of Crossroads. Okay. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm actually A-Leaf born and bred. Uh, I started my career in education in A-Leaf at Ollie Middle School in 1996. Oh. Yeah, I know. A long time ago. <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to that, um, I taught there for like a year and a half. And then I was led to Hastings High School. Uh, once I was at Hastings High School, I was assistant principal for about six years. And uh, under Dave Holmquist, one of the greatest principals ever, great, great person, amazing man. Um, and one year, you know, I had a conversation with him and I said, hey, I think I want to apply for a principal position. There's a, uh, a new campus that they're developing called Crossroads. And so we met, and uh, he says, you know what, you've done a great job over the years. I think you're ready to go. I wish you can stay here longer, but it's time for you to, you know, sprout your rings and uh, move forward. And so um, at the particular time, Dr. Sterner and Joyce Eddings were trying to come up with a concept, a different alternative for a school other than JJAEP and also other than ALC. And so we wanted to make an investment in uh, dealing with the top-tier offenders of kids who deserved to be in school, but they needed a smaller but more concise environment than ALC and an environment that had more accountability than JJAEP. And so um, when I heard about the situation, I kind of developed what I thought the school should look like. I came up with all the tenants, uh, everything, and I kind of threw it on their lap, and I said, hey, this is what the school should look like. And they're like, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I actually got an opportunity to craft a school and what it looked like and what it should look like. And that's what led me to Crossroads. So so just for clarification, because a lot of people out there listening to this uh, don't know what JJEP is, don't know what ALC is. Uh, if you don't mind, just real briefly, what what is JJEP? JJEP is a uh, alternative campus run by Harris County. It's a uh, very uh, strict school. Uh, it deals with students who have, uh, you know, uh, 
had some pretty tough times in the streets, uh, committed some pretty harsh crimes. In addition to that, they can't really function in a traditional setting because of their emotional stability or for whatever reasons. And uh, they're sent to JJ. And so it's a little bit more of a, a top tier offending type of child as opposed to ALC. And so with that in mind, when we're thinking about accountability and making sure that kids who go to an alternative setting receive A-leaf quality education because we have a quality education system in our district. And so we want to make sure that those kids still had an opportunity to get a quality piece of uh, learning and education. Good. So. And, and I think a lot of uh, folks who are not in the education field uh, don't realize the extent, not only does A-Leaf and other districts, but the state of Texas in terms of funding for, for these kids, these tier one kids that have made mistakes and in some cases made serious right. mistakes that as a society, we have to make a decision. Do we just throw them away, pay for them for the rest of their life in incarceration, or do we try to educate them so that they can somehow, you know, perhaps become a successful member of our society? Yes, that's a great point because these particular kids, even though they're small in numbers, these are the leaders. These are the ones that are smart enough to organize all types of uh, different children to do different things. And so the bottom line is with these particular kids, they're the ones who would normally drop out and would probably commit crimes while other kids are in school. And if we can actually reel these children back in, get them off the streets, and try to show them a better way, they can use that leadership skill in a positive light. And I think we've done a pretty good job of doing that. No, I think so, too. And, I, and, and, and you deserve a tremendous amount of credit, obviously, for your kind of your vision and your idea of what Crossroads is so that we're not sending our students uh, to a county-driven or a county-run system, which right. probably doesn't show nearly the, you know, doesn't attempt to build relationships with these kids. It right. doesn't attempt to, to work one-on-one -on -one and to do the things that we're trying to do with them in, in our school district. So let's talk about Crossroads. Okay. You, you said you, you kind of designed it, you threw it on their lap, and and they said, yeah, this is something we want to want to do. And this is, and for those that don't know, Dr. Sterner was the superintendent prior to me. And, uh, good guy. Good man. Good man. I wouldn't tell him that to his face. but uh, <laughs> Not if he's a good man. Uh, he was easy to follow. And uh, Joyce Eddings was a longtime leader in this district and uh, deserves a lot of credit for mm -hmm. the for the creation of, of Crossroads. Uh, if you, you know, I've been to Crossroads a lot of times. I've seen the kids. I've met the staff. Let's talk about the staff first before we talk about the kids. What what, what do you see as a couple of common characteristics in an effective teacher in an environment with potentially volatile and 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 like I said, troubled 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 kids. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you see as characteristics that make those teachers successful in that environment? First and foremost, uh, the certification is key. Uh, you have to be a master of your content because Crossroads is such a small campus. Every kid, every st uh, staff member needs to have a composite, so they should be well versed in multiple subjects within math. So if you're the math teacher, you should really know algebra, algebra 2, trig, MMA, all those good things. So you should have a good sound education when it comes to your content because with these particular kids, you don't have time to kind of learn the content and teach at the same time because you have to be very flexible, juggle multiple subjects at the same time, and also be able to take those subjects and relate it to them so they'll be interested. So if you don't have a great solid foundation in education, uh, you're going to have issues. And a lot of times uh, alternative schools get a bad rap. And at the beginning, 
when we first started Crossroads, it was a hard sell. You know, I would go to a job fair and I would sit there by myself probably for the entire alternative school. Oh, no, no. Now I don't have that issue anymore, but it was a hard sell. And being able to get a a good sound staff there, uh, it, it was amazing to finally get to that level. But our staff members, they're very smart. They have a lot of patience. You have to have a lot of patience dealing with kids. You can't blow up on children. You always have to have some type of means to talk to the kids in a uh, mid-tone, never just escalate. Uh, So that's real important. And also, you have to view these kids uh, as if they were your own because they're going to test you. They come with a lot of baggage. And the test will be, I'm tired. I've been up all night long. I don't get it. I don't want to do this. you know. And so being able to deal with those quirks is really important. And last but not least, you have to be committed to Alephi's D in the community because these particular kids live here and they're Aleph born and bred. And we want to make sure that we instill some type of pride into their community because a lot of these kids don't have a sense of pride with their schools because they got removed from their home campus. Uh, In addition to that, they don't really see a sense of pride within the community because they move around a lot. And so once we start showing them that, hey, this is your home, this is, you know, your neighborhood, then they start making differences. And we're not writing and doing graffiti on walls. Mm -hmm. We're going to take care of our neighborhoods. We're not going to do X, Y, and Z. So I think those characteristics are real important when it comes to choosing a staff member. I don't want anybody who's just going to come in to get a check because they feel like they can be in a classroom with 14 to 17 kids. Right. Now, I I, I think your, your character, your, your characterization of the of being an expert in your content area cuz these is critical cuz these kids are smart right i mean they're they're, they're smart they're smart they're, they're real smart I, I don't want anyone i don't want anyone i know you don't want anyone who begins visualizing and stereotyping the type of kid that maybe in this environment is being some kid that can't read can't right. add they are smart and as you mentioned they've got the the slang term they got street skills that that <laughs> that a lot of people could use in terms of trying to navigate through just life that people like myself will never be able to understand. Right. So, so how, how do you, how does a, so once you've got the, the, the folks who have the expert content knowledge and they can, you know, they don't have to bluff their way through convincing a kid who every day is trying to figure out whether someone's lying to them or not. Right. Right. So, so how do they build relationships? I would assume that these teachers or any adult in that building has to have a, a passion or a, just a love for these kids that you want to help them in the most dire straits. Is that, is that a common characteristic as well? They, 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 they want to deal with those kids. They do. And some of them are interested in the program. A lot of, a lot of time they don't really know much about the kids in the sense of they they can't be any different from a child at Hastings, Elsick and Taylor. The only difference is they got caught, yeah. you know? So yeah. the bottom line is if I can teach at Elsick, I can teach at Hastings or, you know, Taylor, I could possibly teach at Crossroads. Of course, these kids do have issues and problems, but in in the same light, you know, the staff members believe that they can do it. And the reason why they can do it is because most of them have gone through A-Leaf University. A lot of these staff members have uh, been through a lot of uh, staff development with our past department, restorative uh, discipline, you know, a lot of these things, stoic, the stoic model, champ. So a lot of the tools that they get 
they get directly from our PD department, and that's key and crucial, and it's consistent with what's going on on the other home campuses because we want to make sure that, you know, they don't just become very um, specialized in the way they're treated because this is only a short period of time, 90, 180 days, and then you have to go back to your home campus. And if you don't go back to your home campus and act a certain way because you're used to being treated one way at Crossroads, then we're going to have problems and they're going to end up being right back at Crossroads or ALC. Talk about some of your strategies over the years to convince these kids that people do care about them. A lot of them, like I said earlier, they come from environments where they've probably never had a someone truly demonstrate they care about them. And some have. I don't want to paint a broad brush. But um, what, is, what are the things you've attempted to do that tells them, okay, I'm going to treat you like a like a student, I expect this out of you, but also, I'm your, you know, I'm gonna play the part of your uncle or your dad, or right. And it's funny you say that because uh, Dr. Sterner and uh, Miss Eddie kind of gave me Comte Blanc to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Hey, it's your program. You designed it, make it work. Right. And so, you know, I, I I went to ALC and I looked at what they were doing. I went to JJP. I went to the summit. ALC is kind of the in between. Those are kids that got in trouble on their main campus, but mm-hmm. they not to the severity of being assigned to Crossroads. Correct. Is that so correct? So they're low, lower level offenses, okay. uh, maybe level one, level two, okay. a fight or two, yeah. things of that nature. So, um, you know, I took a look at that those particular models. And believe it or not, my focus in the early years was dropout prevention and discipline management. If I can keep you from dropping out of school mm-hmm. and if I can keep you from uh, going back to your home campus and have fewer infractions, I felt like I was doing my job. And over the years, I said, well, this is getting kind of easy. You know, they're walking to the right. You know, they're, they're complying. Uh, they're not really fighting anymore. And I, I got complacent. I'm like... I feel like we can do more. Right. And, you know. Um, or they're capable of more. Yeah, right? they're yeah. capable of more. Yeah. And so I changed the focus to, okay, let's talk about post-secondary, you know, options. Let's talk about how are you going to get into the workforce. Let's talk about how can you become a productive citizen. And let's work on these other character education devices that you need as well. And so that's when I start. Well, actually, you planted the seed when you gave me an opportunity to go to Game Changers in mm-hmm. Austin to visit Google and Dell. And I was, re- I said, wow, you know, how they do things at Google. I said, you know, it's almost like Disney World in a sense how they operate. You know, uh, they're kind of out-of-the-box thinking, you know, when it comes to their methods. But at the same time, they're reaching a specific goal. Then we looked at Dell, and Dell was more of a corporate structured company, completely different. But when I saw that opportunity, I said, well, why couldn't we take the kids to, you know, Dell or Google or Facebook or Citco or Mm -hmm. Toyota Center or whatever? I said, because these kids really believe that they can either be entertainers or athletes. And we have a lot of children in our district that are great athletes and great entertainers, but st- statistically speaking, a lot of them will never make it yeah, yeah. to the pros. I mean, right. they may play, you know, club ball, mm-hmm. you know, or AAU, or they may have a stint in high school or maybe college, but a lot of them think they're just going to make it. Right. And so I decided to take that seed that you planted with me to take these kids to different entities and say, hey, 
there's other opportunities besides playing basketball. You can work in the finance department, the marketing department. You can work in hospitality. There's so many other opportunities. And um, it was just really important for them to see that, hey, there's people that look like me that actually went to A-Leaf schools who are working in corporate jobs, and their eyes are just wide open. So to me, that's how my focus has changed over the years. Have you, with that change in your focus, have you seen a change in, in the kids' focus or their attitudes towards not just school but just possibilities? Yes. Um, because a, we're going on a cohort model and we're uh, walking in different groups to different places, this year we're doing STEM. So last year was a little different where we did uh, Toyota Center to, to visit the Rockets. We did um, the Astros. We did the Marriott. We also did Sicko last year as well. But this year I wanted to do more of a uh, STEM component. So that's why we did Microsoft. We mm -hmm. did Google. Mm -hmm. We did Facebook. Uh, of course, we're going to Marathon Oil. And so I want to kind of sort of, you know, piggyback on the sense that we have, we have a lending grant that we're using. And so the lending grant means that kids that come to my school, they get a laptop as soon as they walk in the building. And I decided to go completely digital learning this year. We're going to do everything in Schoology. Every kid is going to come in. They're going to get a device. Um, we can have kids take laptops home and use them to do their work. It's kind of a flipped classroom situation mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. these kids actually, and trust me, when, my, when I told my staff I was going to let kids take laptops <laughs> home, they're like, huh? <laughs> We're going to get them back? <laughs> and guess what? Them back. We get them back. In addition to that, they're not broken. They're not abused. They're not using them for Facebook. Well, we got, yeah. you know, we have filters that oh, they yeah. can't get yeah. through. But yeah. at the same time, they're not trying to alter the devices. And so these kids are really doing their thing. I mean, they they really get it. Do, 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 you, do you sense a sense of appreciation on their part? I do. I, I, because now for the first time, they feel like, you know, they're special, yeah. that they're being treated like human beings, and they're being trusted. And so a lot of these kids don't get a lot of trust from their peers, from um, their family, right. and sometimes from educators. And so they feel like they're, they're being trusted to do a job, and they're doing the job. I was, um, I was uh, impressed, among other words or adjectives, with your last year, your Teacher of the Year, a little short, small, Miss Vu. <laughs> Miss Vu. They call her OG Vu. OG Vu. <laughs> and if the people listening to this could picture her, she's about five foot tall, and and uh, maybe she's taller than that. She may be mad at me for for that, but uh, obviously she's she's uh, Vietnamese, and and she she doesn't she doesn't put up with them, does she? And they respect her. What is it about someone like her that? somehow can garner a a streetwise kid who's been who's done some things that 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 he or she regrets what is it about someone like her and i'm going to say not only just miss vu but the entire right. staff um when you think alternative schools or discipline management schools you think of minority staff members majority yeah, because yeah. allegedly only minorities can deal with minorities and my particular staff is very diverse, very diverse uh, across the board. There's not one particular, you know, uh, ethnic race that dominates the entire staff. And so I'm leading into you have to care and you have to be consistent. 
the two C's. You have to care, and you have to be consistent with your methods, your rules, your expectations. You can't dumb down the education. Yeah. You can't because the kids are smart. You can't fake the caring, can you? You cannot fake the caring. You cannot. And so uh, the caring and consistency works across the board. And these kids, they see it, they can smell it, and they know it. I, I just I find it amazing. I don't find it amazing. I shouldn't say that. I, I'm acting like I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I just find it impressive that when I walk into your campus and I see someone like Ms. Wu or some or Ms. Vu or uh, your other staff members that, yeah, you would probably in your mind you wouldn't picture as being able to manage, and they do it very well. And those kids, you know, when they interviewed those students when they were talking about Ms. Vu, you had some kids that were crying. Mm-hmm. They they respected her so much, and they were so proud of her for for being Teacher of the Year for your campus. So, um, I just think that's a, that's a portion of the of the education system very few people know about. Yeah, you know, um, I have to talk about Mr. Hughes. Mr. Uh, Hughes yep. is one of our uh, social studies teachers. This guy dresses like Charles Dickens <laughs> and Abraham Lincoln with petticoat, top hat, really every day. Uh, depending on what subject he's teaching, he emulates history by dressing as such. And he can recite dates and times and trends and wars, you know, with ease and relate it to anything. And these kids, when I say it's like story time, they they can't wait to go to Mr. Hughes' classroom because what is he going to have next? Yeah. What is he going to have next? You know, uh, his uh, his social study scores were so high last year. I think only two kids failed, period. And he says, you know, I'm going to get over 96% passing rate. And if I do, I'm going to shave my head. <laughs> and he had to shave his head. <laughs> so he walked around with a mohawk for a little bit. And the kids said, no, you got to oh. shave it all off. So he's bald-headed now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the type of people that work at Crossroads. That's the sacrifice. <laughs> that's the sacrifice. That, uh, and that's why I wanted to. Uh, that's why I've been wanting to talk to you and 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 have you talk about your campus and your and your staff that you're obviously proud of. And and it didn't happen overnight, as you no, know, as you've alluded. It did not. Um, it's taken both you personally and and and, and that campus a long time to. Uh, or a while to evolve to where it is right now. You have mentioned a couple of times exposing these kids to, quote unquote, the real world, the, mm-hmm. the Googles, the world that they probably haven't thought about. Correct. To them, and it's called the uh, the Bench Educational Series. Correct. Talk a little bit about that and how you got involved in that. You know where you see that going. Well, when I started thinking about the different companies, I wanted to think of companies that even adults. There's several adults who couldn't call Google and say, hey, I'd like to come in and, you know, visit the place and get a walkthrough or Sitco or Facebook. It just doesn't happen. Some people, when I actually went to Google, they said you have more chances of getting um, an application to Harvard passed and approved for you to enter Harvard than you can get a job at Google. So your chances of, you know, getting to that school is better than you getting a job in Google. And so I told the kids, hey, we're going to go. We're going to shoot for the stars. We're going to go for the, the biggest companies and uh, try to get you guys there out of the neighborhood. Some of these kids have never, ever been out of A-Leaf, ever. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? Ever. And so for them to get on the bus, to go to Austin, you know, to go to Google, to go downtown, to, to sit in the um, 
the dugout of the world champion Astros. I mean, it was just amazing. Not only to see that, but to see the ends. They got to hold the trophy, yeah. to see the ends and out of the entire company. You know, I think these kids need to see that magic because these are the kids who need inspiration to come to school. Yep. See, the kids that go to Elsick, Hastings, and Taylor, they all go to school. Yeah. For yeah. the most part, they're doing their thing. They don't really need a lot of inspiration to go to school because they're going to go. But my kids, if I just ran a traditional school, they wouldn't go because yeah. they didn't go to their previous schools. And so I actually had a teacher call the other day, and uh, bless her heart, she was an amazing teacher from Elsick. And she says, hey, I have a kid that's uh, at Crossroads, and he, when he was at my school, he failed every class. He never came to school. You know, what's going on? Are you guys, you know, um, inflating the grades or something? Right. Like, what, what's the problem? He's coming to school. What's the problem? And I said, ma'am, you know, uh, it's a smaller program. I said, when you think of some of the bigger campuses, you know, they're a lot bigger. And that goes to the sense of A-Leaf knowing how to deal with our diverse populations. And I'm, I'm going to go off track for two seconds mm -hmm. to say that A-Leaf is an innovative uh, district. We look at our diverse population. Diversity is, we're very rich in diversity in A-Leaf ISD. Uh, very rich. And we have rich people. We have poor people. We have people middle class. We have uh, folks who are gifted and talented. We have people who want to get into careers. We have people who want to get out of high school really fast and go to college. And so with this in mind, A-Leaf said, hey, why just come up with a traditional route for kids? Let's make sure we meet the needs of all the children. So, hey, we're going to do a career and technology center because we're going to meet those needs. Hey, we're going to do a Mandarin Academy because we're going to meet those needs. Hey, we're going to do a STEM program at Ollie and meet those kids' uh, needs. We're going to do a, uh, a Crossroads. We're going to do an A-Leaf Early College. So I think A-Leaf has done an amazing job of coming up with programs like Night High School and Link to meet the needs of our students and our community to ensure that we're not losing kids to charter schools. We're not losing kids to the streets. And I think um, the dedication with your leadership team and your leadership is basically influencing how we operate. And we appreciate you guys for being innovative. I, I got to take my hats off for you because we have some great programs. Well, I think, I think the, the, the program is one thing, uh, the implementation and the people that implement it are another. And it's kind of like when Dr. Sterner and Joyce came to you and says, here, get this started. There's good people in this district, always has been. And and to your point about being innovative and creative, I do a lot of public speaking. And one of the things I, when I'm talking to aspiring superintendents, people that think they want to be a superintendent, mm -hmm. uh, and even those who know they want to be <laughs> Uh, one of the things I tell them, I says, when you're looking at a, a district that you may want to apply to, look look at their people, look at the longevity, look at how long people have been in their mm -hmm. in their roles. And what impressed me about Ailey eight eight and a half years ago, whenever I was applying, was the the people. And, and you're right. So Crossroads is an example of because Ailey, I'm gonna tell you what Ailey very easily could have, and we could very easily have done this since I've been around. Could have very easily taking these students and shipped them down to Harris County, mm -hmm. JJP that you identified earlier and said, y'all deal with them. Yep. Y'all deal with them. Uh, we could have paid our seat money for yep. it and just shipped them off. And, and to the credit of you and others, the, this is before me, I take no credit for this, but to those, to those individuals credit, 
they said, no, we're, we're not going to do that. And, and what I have attempted to do is to give those kids more now that we've kept, now that we've shown them, we care about them. We want to let's show them that they do have opportunities. Right. And that's where you deserve credit because you've, you've, you've put them in situations to where they, they've seen it. You haven't told them, you showed them. And that's, that's, that's critical. And I, and for those listening to this, whether you're in a leaf or wherever you may be, um, that's the essence of public education. Um, I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts because you've been exposed to, you'd mentioned the uh, opportunity to go to the game changers. You've mm-hmm. gone through the rice program Correct. and you've gone through other, you know, Harvard. And uh, I, I'm curious about your perspectives from your role as a principal and um, the role public education in general, not just Crossroads, but the role public education. How have you seen that that role change and, and where do you see it moving? Do you see it continuing to um, be creative and innovative, try to address every child's needs? Just what what is your take? Well, my take on all of this kind of all goes back to funding. And if we're not properly funded and if we don't use the funding wisely, uh, and, you know, sometimes when people say, I want to improve a um, a campus or a district, we need more people. We need more people or we need more technology or we need more interventions. And I believe as far as uh, education is concerned, we do. We definitely need more funding. But in addition to that, we need to look at certification. We know there's a um, teacher shortage, um, huge teacher shortage. And so I think we need to have some type of flexibility in how we can address that need through the certification programs. I'm not trying to say that we need to let anybody teach because obviously you have to be certified, but there needs to be an easier way or different options for certification so we can get more teachers. Uh, I don't know if we have to reach out to the uh, curriculum instruction departments around the state of these universities or start early, maybe uh, identifying teachers and endorsements in high school, but I believe if we want to keep quality teachers, um, we're going to have to do something about the certification programs. Uh, in addition to that, as far as uh, accountability, you know, we have to come up with an accountability system that is fair and equitable for all schools and campuses. Uh, obviously, every campus is not the same. Uh, every uh, community dynamic is not the same. Everybody's um, ideology, what education should look like or the quality of education or what is an A school or F school is not the same. And so until we can come up with a consistent accountability system where, you know, you can't rate uh, a particular school that's low performing, you know, with X amount of kids that um, they're disenfranchised in addition to that, they're poor you know, uh, they, they lack resources, but hold them to the same standard of a school that's affluent. You know, uh, if we don't figure out how we can uh, fix that issue, we're going to have problems because, A, the teachers who could teach at a uh, turnaround school or a school that needs help probably wouldn't because I can make the same salary at an affluent school and not really have to deal with the hardships or all the extra Saturday PD and different things that we have to do to get our school out of trouble. And so I think uh, we really need to take a look at that because um, Houston is changing. Mm -hmm. Houston is changing drastically. Uh, And I looked at some data, some census report data, and um, 
Houston ranks 35 and below when it comes to child uh, benefits, mm-hmm. uh, health, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to community standards and education. If, we, if you just look at census report data, we're pretty low. And so uh, one thing I will say uh, that we're doing very well is family engagement. And because we have a family engagement uh, department, we are trying to give these parents social skills that they may require need, show them where there's resources to help them get jobs. In addition to that, we're trying to connect them to the school so they're not disconnected. They know what's going on with assessments. They know when progress reports are coming out. They know, you know, what their kids need to do because some kids, some parents just drop their kids off and say, hey, go to school and that's it. And so I think because we have a family liaison, you know, on each campus, they're doing their best to connect these parents. And I think that's key. You know, and a lot of, a lot of districts don't really care about that. And the fact that, you know, we are, again, being innovative to say, hey, you know, family involvement is important, and that's going to be the best way to try to help gain their support to help support us in the classroom when it's time to teach these kids. So I think we need to look at that, more mm-hmm. family engagement, mm-hmm. obviously the certification, in addition to that, um, you know, finances. So I think that's what we need to kind of look at moving forward. Uh, your 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 comments on the on teachers, uh, the lack of while we all know it, it it's still it's still something that a lot of people those in policy making positions and in those in the general population still haven't hasn't resonated i don't know what it's going to take for people to realize the uh the train wreck that has occurred you know people keep saying well there's a train wreck coming no 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 the train is wrecked correct the the chain the train is wrecked we're just looking for survivors right now and and uh and, and i think you're 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 right which i find which lead, which makes me even more impressed that you tend to not have as big a challenge. I don't want to say you don't have one, but as a big a challenge in staffing Crossroads. Um, well, it wants to leave. There, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And, and there's, a, there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said from a leadership perspective, but just a culture that's been set up for these, uh, for these staff members. Because you can't do all the things you want to do and, and accomplish the goals you want for your students if you don't have the right adults in the right place to do that, you can't do it on your own. And there's a there's a uh, a direct correlation uh, between that. And so I I want to thank you for for taking that on. I know uh, um, in my I guess going on eight years of mm-hmm. being in, in my current role, uh, I have a great appreciation for for people who who care about kids that some in some cases have been forgotten about. Yeah, I don't want to talk about. And and I don't want to, and I don't want anyone listening to this to to misunderstand. You know, every school system in Texas is a part of society. I mean, every school system in the country is a part of our society. Has certain parts of their student population that need this type of attention. Yeah. Some districts choose to deal with it head on. Some don't. I'm proud that I'm in a district that chose to to direct it. You know, to to, to deal with it head on. And uh, I'm proud to, to to have someone like you to be able to to do that. But I also know that there's a there's a, a tremendous amount of energy spent on it. Yeah, and, and and if you don't mind, we're gonna wrap up. I talk about just for a second the your your personal passion on it. You've talked about you you were asked to create it, and you talked about how you developed it. But Tremaine, you don't do this for as long as you've been doing it without uh, a, a genuine care. Well, for one, Houston's my home. You know, uh, I don't want to go anywhere. 
you know, there's a, of course there's plenty of places in the United States to move and live, but you know, you know, I live here, this is my home and I want to see Houston flourish. And if we don't invest in our kids, not only just in A-Leaf and the surrounding areas, Houston's not going to be a great place to live, you know, 20, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 20 years from now when I'm laying on a hospital bed <laughs> grasping my heart, I don't want somebody to say, you know, I'm a rapper. <laughs> or, you know, I, I play football. I, I need a doctor. Yep. And so we need to make sure that public schools are making doctors and lawyers and police officers and more teachers and, you know, healthcare you know, uh, paraprofessionals and, you know, people who have trades and people who can work on cars and technology and nanotechnology and all that good stuff. And so we want to make sure that we make sure Houston's going to be a great, solid place to live. And if we don't start with these kids now, all of them, we're going to have some issues. Our nation's history is littered with unbelievable leaders that started out very similar to the way many of your students at Crossroads started out. And for those across the history of our country that have not given up on those kids, and they've been, and those individuals have turned into adults, and we all know, every adult listening to this knows of some folks who really made poor decisions as, as, as young men, young women, or as young adults, that at some point turned it around and actually became tremendously valuable to a, raising a family or valuable to their community or to their society. So... Um, again, I can't thank you enough for your personal role and you're doing your part. And as long as everyone else is approaching their responsibilities like you are, then our school system will be fine and our education system in this in this region will be fine. So, Tremaine, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your leadership and thank you for your support. You guys are amazing. No, we're, we're, we're just trying to help. So this has been Tremaine Wycliffe, our principal at Crossroads High School in the Leaf Independent School District. And this has been Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers, and I look forward to joining you on our next episode. Thank you, and have a great day.